a special treat. <clears throat> my family had a little get-together last night. My brothers, my sister, wives. It's been about, um, I guess it's February, March. It's been about almost two months since uh, my mother passed away. We were going through the final instructions of my father in his will. It's not at all like the will scenes you, you see in the movies, you know. I always think of the, uh, the last will and testament video from the old crotchety guy in um, Brewster's Millions. <coughs> and he's going like, <coughs> he's like, Brewster, you're the only son I had. You know, and you get, you know, and you're worthless. You've always been nothing. Now I got something for you, Brewster. I'm gonna give you three hundred million dollars, but you had to spend it all in thirty days. So live your excessive life, you lousy. You know what I mean? That's you see those videos in the movies. It's always the video of the person that passes away telling. You know, and now we're going to play a video of the last, you know, testimonial from your father. Right? I didn't get that. Um. You know, the will was pretty simple. Hey, everybody, we passed away. <laughs> and now um, what's good is that we've always told you what you always know. You always love each other. And um, here's the last instructions, you know. And so we're following these last instructions, and we're um, we're, we're torn on uh, the events, you know, uh, giving up, letting things go. Especially, uh, like, your birth home, you know. <laughs> it's really hard for me. All right. I come up with all kinds of funny isms in my head. Well, technically, mom built that house for me. It wasn't even for you guys. You guys were living in the other house. <laughs> just stuff I think about. <laughs> Humor is such a huge part of the Rockwell family. Yeah, humor and humility. Last night, I, um, well, let's do a little. Humor and humility. Just want to think about that for a second. You know, I have to give my father huge credit. Things I just never knew about him that I know now that I wish I knew more of. Maybe there was something about how I was supposed to maybe not find this stuff until now. Maybe that's something that dad always planned, or that maybe life just always planned for me, is that I would go through the heartbreaking loss of losing your father, and at the same time, you would then come upon one day to discover a treasure trove of his original thought that would reshape you as a person. And, um, whew, all right, better. It's hard to not get a little bit teared sometimes talking about the old men. So, my father was a blogger. I didn't really know that. Um, I didn't really know that or truly embrace or realize that until here I am in the year uh, 2021. 
One thing my father did at Ohio State, he was a professor in human factors engineering. Um, he was, um, he came uh, to Ohio State actually um, to Wright Patterson Air Force Base. He was um, in the Air Force, was he in the Air Force? I don't know, he was somewhere in the Air Force. And um, the Ohio State, uh, between Ohio State and Wright Patterson Air Force Base and uh, between the OSU Airport, there was a lot of, um, uh, you know, initial military sort of focus and technology kind of stuff going on in Ohio. And my dad, uh, when he came to Ohio, he worked in the rocket propulsion lab somewhere. Um, I'm not really sure where that is, but I think that might be actually somewhere maybe down at Wright Patterson. There was some rocket thing. He worked there. He was a engineering, you know, guy working in <clears throat> some rocket factory in the middle of Ohio. Anyways. <laughs> um, and uh, then eventually he got offered an uh, opportunity to go to Ohio State and um, to work on a brand new department. And he took it. And as he taught at Ohio State, he always you know, had graduate students. And um, every year, my dad would write a newsletter to his graduate students, telling them about what was happening at Ohio State about the department they were part of, about the family they were part of. And he would write these um, newsletters. And they were typically, um, well, not, not super long, two pages, and I'm going to read you one. Um, and what's great about these letters when I read them is that I hear all my dad's humility and tone and humor and then uh, reflections about university life, and I think reflections around uh, the research that we're doing, um, and, um, you know, just great. And I think um, it's going to be, it's going to be a super treat to, uh, to read this. So let's do it. January 1990. The 27th Annual Newsletter, Thomas H. Rockwell. To, for, to former long-suffering grads, <coughs> season's greetings from a quasi-retired professor. As I contemplate the 1990 epistle, I'm on the sands of sunny Fort Myers Beach. We will be here for two weeks to shake off the Ohio deep freeze. One of the nice aspects of the emeritus life is that you have more freedom. As Joseph Campbell puts it, you leave the achievement years and enter the appreciation years. You know me too well. Um, you know me too well and can guess that I have only slowed down 80% of full power. <laughs> <coughs> I am teaching fall and winter uh, in the uh, ISC 508 class and continue to run R&R &R research. So now 508 is a key class at Ohio State. Um, this is a number I kind of grew up with. I, I would hear about 508 all the time. ISE, I guess that's Industrial Systems Engineering 508. <clears throat> it's a class my father created where he took grad students actually out into the field to do real research with a prospective um, company. Basically, my dad was doing corporate engagement long before corporate engagement had ever uh, had its own office, let alone a $30 billion budget. Uh, <laughs> the big news on campus um, is the planned return to teaching by President Jennings. 
so we can expect some major administration shakeups soon. I recently visited the $40 million Wexner Center for the Arts. This is where the old armory was alongside Mershon. To me, it appears to be a temporary temporary warehouse, <laughs> but I don't have much uh, couth as far as the arts are concerned. You are all well aware of our, for our football fortunes or misfortunes. The defensive coordinator is my next door neighbor, rather solemn of late. <laughs> Um, on the department side, we will lose Ron Lewis and Don, du Don Luca, but I've picked up Shverpiti, uh, these are two hard names, two Indian girls, and Nenea in manufacturing process and uh, in manufacturing systems, which now gives us two women on the faculty. George Smith continues to do a great job of juggling budgets, staffs, and programs. Of course, the university budget is an oxymoron. <laughs> Wait a minute. No, wait. <laughs> of course, the university budget, yeah. Of course, the university budget is an oxymoron. Chuck Riley and Barry Nelson got tenure and promotion, and Chuck is our, now our official vice chairman. We just finished a year of internal and external review of the department's strengths and weaknesses. I'm glad I have avoided all that naval inspection. <laughs> See, that's just great. This is what you want. You want the you want the real stuff. You know what I mean? The real stuff is, yeah, you know? Cognitive engineering, Phil Smith and David Woods, and biomechanics, Bill Maris, are really flourishing with much research and recognition. Jordan Clark returned from sabbatical at IBM. Atlanta and Jack Newhart are now at, 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 at IBM for similar purposes. Al Bishop is still doing research for the NSF uh, and, and organizational aspects of automation. Clark Mount Campbell and Al Miller and Gary Mall are still in the trenches. Bill Morris writes from Arizona and has become a pilot in his golden years. Though the backhand is failing, I still won the department racquetball tournament last spring. Students feel sorry for, must feel sorry for me. <laughs> uh, with Steve Kiger's efforts, R&R Research has had an active year with projects uh, for the FRA, a survey of railroad management, Union Pacific um, projects, and I've been seeing on the evaluation and study of ergonomic guidelines for locomotive PC for conductors. Mike Pearl's help at the NHTSA, we are now engaged in the field view of performance studies of school bus mirrors. Yeah. Like, I like that's a great one. We are now engaged in field of view and performance studies of school bus mirrors. That's the kind of stuff my dad did. He worked on school bus mirrors, just making them better. <laughs> um, let's see. You know, I think that's 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 fine by me. You know, wouldn't it be great to have a, to grow up and like had you know, like your mom or dad be the one that invented like school bus mirrors? You know what I mean? That'd be that'd be worth it enough. If you think about what school buses do, they carry your future, don't they? You know. Um, or we're carrying we're carrying on with uh, Dad's letter here to graduate students from 1990. Uh, in my spare time, I took on some expert witness legal cases. Yes. 
which took me to California on four trips to Hawaii, which Betty uh, and I combined into a vacation. So my dad did a bunch of research, uh, expert witness work for Hawaii. Um, it was back in the 1990s. Hawaii is notoriously known for some wicked highway uh, road accidents in the mountains, I guess. Um, I finally gave up on my, I finally gave my, finally gave up my job as presentation quality control czar for the Human Factors Society annual meeting. I think our speakers will do a better job since they know they will be evaluated. Uh, I have recently been assigned um, to a one-year National Academy Science Task Force on strategic research plans in highway safety. My chance to tell the feds what ought to be done in basic research. See, that's awesome. My chance to tell the feds what ought to be done in basic research. That's a key thing. None of that's sexy, right? None of that's sexy. But you know what? Everything you see in our freaking Tesla today came out of this freaking group. You know what I'm saying? Came out of these people. Um, from the hinterland, I, I heard from about 25 of the old faithful. Lex Ray is working on AVA robots in the space program. Daryl Bonnehu left the Academy uh, Academia for the World of Research for the World of Research and assigned to FAA Research in New Jersey. Jake Escher married a brave young lady and helped raise three sons. Dom Neche is still learning organizational uh, learning the organizational intrigues um, um, at Nationwide uh, and how to catch and how to catch muskies. Susan Vasco is in surgery residence at OSU Hospital. Nick Ranoff is discovering the high cost of college education for his son for, um, with uh, number five graduating IAC in spring. I can concur. <laughs> Jack and Connie Whalen came to campus for the Purdue game. They look great. Dave Shinar bought a home in Washington, D.C., for his sabbatical from Israel. Dave is supporting Mike Pearl uh, in this other place. Man, there's so many acronyms in here. Um, and Bob and Harriet Halen went around the world in 60 days to celebrate their 25th anniversary. Ron Mount is uh, into user interface management systems, while Phil Brown at LTV is simulating a new army, uh, simulating a new army ground system. Kathy Basic paints houses for her church group in her spare time. Over the past year, I heard from Joe Jarbone, uh, retired from the USAF in the, uh, in the consulting business, and Leo Harbutun, now 26 years with the Air Force at Wright Field in Fuels and Lubricants. I saw a bunch of the old troops at the Denver Human Factor Society meeting in October. Uh, and it's just a huge bunch of names here, a bunch of names, a bunch of names, a bunch of names. I had uh, Don Horner give us a presentation on computers and manufacturing for our graduate seminar. We'll draw this to a close from now. A lot of the old timers may be retiring themselves soon. I have elected to taper off. Others like a complete break. I keep you all, if you all, um, if you keep your health, these can be golden years. Uh, my dad always dropped Latin all the times. To my oft-used 
Ora Leteraiba, let me add Glavita, work, prayer, and thanksgiving to the very best of 90, 1999 and beyond to you all, Tom Rockwell, the old professor. So, in a uh, trove downstairs, uh, in, a, in a box that I don't think anyone has seen for 60 years or whatever, um, there are letters that go all the way back to 1972. They're like the Buffett letters in a lot of ways, if you ever read the Buffett letters. Uh, and they're, they're, to me, they're thrilling to read because I can pick up my dad uh, in those mannerisms. And um, I, can, I love his stories. He's told all the stories of the people. None of that was about himself, and none of it was about... You know what I mean? That was a blogger. Didn't even know what blogging was. Blogging hadn't even invented yet. <laughs> he was a blogger. Um, what do I think? Oh, what I, I think I'm just, I'm, I'm fucking humbled. I'm in awe. <laughs> no one asked to make, make that letter. There was no mandate to go make that letter. That's who he was. The story he wanted to tell. It's a story he wanted to remind people. And my father was very humble, but he had a lot of perspective. When I think about things like this, I can't help but think about all the other professors that wrote some more letters who told all the stories that they felt were important to tell. And that's what drives me, I think. I think about all the stories I want to tell. I think about all the, all the chances I've been given to do great work. I've been given chances to fail, too, and I failed, you know. Yeah, I was given a chance to fail. And that's kind of a neat thing. How many people fight for a chance to fail? Nowadays, oh, I don't want to fail. Yeah, you should. I promise. And it's just, it's so much goodness. I can't, and the thing is that the more I have to sort of explain it, the more I just don't want to explain it. Like, the more I have to explain, like, the serendipity of, like, watching snowfall, like, the less I actually want to explain it to you. Like, if you don't get it, that's fine. It's cool. You know? I'm going to read all those letters. I'm going to digitize everyone. I told my brother last night, kind of, um, hmm. Well, first, let's get a little bit of reflection here. I had a Frankenstein moment. Yep. Right out of Frankenstein. What's Frankenstein about exactly? Dr. Frankenstein. Frankenstein, I believe. 
Uh, Young Frankenstein, that's a great movie. Roll, roll, roll and decay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I had a Frankenstein moment last night. There I am sitting in my birth home. I stripped of everything. Carpet. You know, it's just rooms of carpet. Empty. House is ready to be sold. It's very emotional for me. Um, but there I was in this bedroom downstairs. We were hanging out in Matt's bedroom. I'm going through some boxes. There's a little computer. We have to do some stuff on these computers, I guess. And there's a couple boxes there. One, there was an amazing photograph of uh, Baker Systems and the original ISE Industrial Systems Engineering Team. This is the, the foundation team that's probably responsible for, I don't know, just decades long. Goodness. But down there is a whole folder of all these letters. And what's interesting is we have, my father wrote stories of his research. Like we have these stories he wrote. But these letters are written for other people. He had to write them for another audience. He didn't write them for us. And he also didn't write them like, you know, I mean, like guess he was writing to an audience. These were, well, it's just different. And now I'm, um, I had a Frankenstein moment. I was like, you know what? Talking to my brother Tom. I was like, you know what, Tom? I could probably find enough audio of my father's voice. That'd be, you know, a good amount of it. I could probably find it. And I could teach a computer to have his phonetic ability. <clears throat> In other words, nowadays, if I have enough of your audio, I can probably simulate your voice in the computer to an extent. Maybe not the full phonetics, although that's happening. It is getting closer and closer. But today, me, individual, user, not government science program with $48 billion budget, but me, using common tools that I can largely download for free. I can, uh, I can capture my father's voice and capture a, a, a lot of it. And then I could feed it the script, this letter, and then he could read this letter back to me. And so I had a, a full sort of, you know, the man and the machine kind of thing I was presenting there. I was presenting this notion that I, too, uh, had a Frankenstein moment right here. I could actually bring back a simulated version of my father's voice. And if you think about it, I could have him write a whole narrative to me, telling me, Dan, it's going to be okay, right? In a lot of ways, Tom looked at me like I was a little crazy. Like, uh, Dan, that's all right, but maybe we don't need to do that, right? <laughs> but that was a Frankenstein moment. moment when I knew I could do that. I could do that with tech. It wouldn't be hard. It's already half done. I could spend another five years in research and really get it done right. I could build a whole business where basically society shifts to sort of, you know, recreate their loved ones. I know, we don't like to talk about that, but that's definitely going to happen. Technology is going to integrate 
itself into every aspect of everything in our lives. It will empower us to, with abilities, the things we never thought we could do, but we could totally do. Some things we never thought we would do. I have no idea why peanut butter and Reese's are together. This is totally bizarre. I never thought these could go together, you know? Recreating my father in some digital form to tell me it's going to be all right. I don't know about you, but that's something I'm, I know I get. I get, man, and I get why it's a Frankenstein moment. Hmm. I can't wait to read more of those letters. Next one I'll read will be a really old one. I'll try to pull one from the early 80s or I like the 70s because I was like you know three years old or something I love finding stories about my dad before I was born something about the journey to become the father I would know is super exciting to me The other thing I think about a lot, or at least I have been a lot, is the notion of years. Different years in your life have different meaning. My 20s have a different group of friends and experiences than my 30s. My 30s had a different group of friends and experience than my 40s and so on. In a lot of ways, I'm a new person right now. I'm very much what Dan was, um, but I'm kind of what Dan, where Dan's going and what Dan needs to do. And it took Dan probably three years to, of uh, being confused as to where he was and going through things that were hard to get to where he is now and what he's going to do next. And I, I feel good in some ways because sometimes I look at that reflection and think, was that, is that the right way to look about it, to think about how years sort of are different with different people in your life? But here's my father's letters basically telling me that that's exactly how it is. He did a good job really remembering each year about what happened and telling the people that were there before what's going on. Mm. That's the goodness, man. Let's end on the goodness of uh, family and your father and your loved ones. You realize just how many gifts they gave you.